I want to play tennis with bullets. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Hey, welcome to Roast Mortem, coming to you live from Savannah. It is Tom. Oh, hi. Coming to you live from not Savannah, this is Travis. Yeah, also not Savannah. I am your Cody for this evening. Hello, hi. Mike didn't show up. He hates us now. Uh, he's in. Yeah, he's, he's in a lot of debt. Yeah, he's <laughs> salting uh, his shotgun barrel like a margarita glass. <laughs> <laughs> he just took the money and run. Pretty much, and uh, I'm and, pretty sure. And he shot it. He shot it all up his veins with that second dose. I truly believe that proud of him. his faith in Dogecoin might be shaken at this moment. Um, but that's okay. What else? No, we is just new? giggle. Yeah, guys. Guys, we all know about the contest. If you if if you're new to the show, here's what's going on. This is a show about history, um, but it is also a show about financial advice. And we're experimenting with our fourth member who is uh, pretty much run us dry, taking us all out of house and home. And he's taking, <laughs> yeah. taking all of our money and invested. Not, not the Patreon money. Not the Patreon money, but invested it all into Dogecoin. And also, I'm, I'm in an Airbnb right now, um, and I'm over someone. So I'm not going buck wild this episode. So pardon me. Pardon my southern d- We'll do it for you. Yes. Oh, he's already assimilated. <laughs> I like this. Yes, exactly. How much pie have you had down there? Oh, boy. Speaking of pie, I had a, a pizza pie uh, because I was like, oh. I got to see how bad it gets. And it got. Now <laughs> It got bad? Now, Ooh, the pizza isn't exactly going to keep me in New York, but I went to an independent pizza place around here. Uh, oh, they have those. I didn't true. I thought it was just franchise down there. It's, it's true misery. Um, it was the worst. I <laughs> yeah. won't name the place because I'll, let's chalk it up to a bad You don't want to give him, yeah, you don't want to give him publicity. I'll say this. The name had a theme and it was based on being high. So I'm not even sure how it got to my house, uh, in retrospect, <laughs> but, uh, it, yes, it sure as hell tasted like a man who was too high was making my pizza. Uh, that's, I'm just, I, I'm just picturing like a loaf of white bread with like, Oh, like no. American cheese on it. Yeah, and they call it French bread. <laughs> and and yeah, some French like, bread. cut up Slim Jims. Like, right. here you go. Here's your southern pizza. This is true. But I will say this. That was the only drawback of being in Savannah so far. I very much like it down here. And okay. no- nothing's okay. keeping me in New Sounds York. Good. Nothing. Uh, guys, how was nothing. your week? Cody, what's going on? Good week. I did the research uh, this week. Uh, got a banger tonight, boys. But um, other than that, I didn't. I didn't do fucking shit. I got this fancy road arm here that'll probably collapse because I'm a shoddy handyman. But uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. We'll see if it like you know does a nose dive onto my dick. But uh, I'm happy I got it, and uh, I'm happy with my boys drinking. Congratulations on your new arm, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> how was your week? Well, I see, I've been very busy cleaning this house out, but I decided to treat myself by Ooh. getting an old video game system. And when I say old, it's, I don't know, four years old. The Switch. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I saw you uh, handing out friend codes and shit. Well, yeah. So I've been catching up. Uh, it's basically a catch up on my Mario and Zelders. 
Um, which yeah, yeah. I very, I very much liked Mario Odyssey. Not really crazy about Zelda. Come at me, bro. You just haven't I'm done enough um, walking or finding, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. finding rupees yet. You'll, it'll come around. Yeah, it's every, a fun game. It's everyone it, made fun of me for everyone made fun of me for liking Shemu, which is walking around doing your job. And I have more fun playing that than Zelda so far. All right, Shemu's well, great. I guess I have a reason <laughs> to come back to New York. No, I really don't feel that strongly about video games in general uh, at this point in my life. Um, but I was just playing Zelda. It was fun. So fuck you. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, guys. I'm the Ganon dump. Guys, I kind of yeah. told you how my week was. Um, yeah, you already shot your load. I did, I did. Oh, also, I'm engaged now, so. Uh, Woo! Yeah! I did that, guys. Hey! <laughs> yeah, that so was a good one. So happy for you, man. Thank you. Thank so you, because, because you proposed down in Georgia, did you legally have to hold a gun to Gabby when you gave her the ring? I feel um, like that's a southern that thing. No, no, no. Gabby's dad holds a gun to Tom uh, until he gives the ring. That's how that uh, works. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Happy for you, man. Basically, I had to fight off an alligator um, who stole the ring. I think it's <laughs> part of the game they play, a sick game, but I like it. Um, I did play oh, yeah. the game, and I got it back from the gator, and uh, sh- yeah, Gabby said yes, so that's, uh, that's good. That's a good thing for me and a good thing for her, hopefully. Hope- hopefully this doesn't backfire to her. Yeah. yeah. That, that would have been such a lead-on if you're like, hey, I proposed, and she said no, but it all worked out. <laughs> yeah, right? I proposed, and <laughs> she left. <laughs> and she threw me she to the giggles. gators. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, enough of our personal lives. We should go back in the past and find out who's on the chopping block this week. Oh, gentlemen, I have a gem for you today. Tonight, we're doing Arnold Rothstein, criminal kingpin. Uh, Ross, Heard of him? Ross from Heard Friends. No, no, Arnold Rothstein, not, 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 not that relatable, highly relatable character of the 90s. Clap, 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 clap. Nobody told you life was gonna be this way. That's exactly how it goes. Why dance in a fountain? That, that's how you know it's from the 90s, because they're dancing in the fountain like they don't have fucking phones in their pocket. Oh, right. Well, you yeah. said our subject is from the 90s, so I'm setting the mood. Setting no, the scene he's not here. from the 90s. He's from the... <laughs> The 20s and the teens. All right, that's pretty much the 90s, if you think about it, historically. Yeah, numbers. Okay, fuck you. So, buckle up. This episode has a, a heaping serving of speakeasy gambling parlors, a dash of international heroin trade, and the piece de resistance, the infamous 1919 World Series fix, featuring, featuring the infamous Black Sox of Chicago. Remember that? Remember that shit? Those were the guys who played uh, after hours, right? Where they were out of office and they left their their office socks on, went and pitched around. Yeah, a few it was times. it was weird because like it was it, it was this time where like being a professional athlete didn't play, so these guys had just other jobs while they were like you know an MLB like franchise team. It was wild. I think they just I think Nike re- just redid the Boston Red Sox. Uniform, they like released what like next seasons is gonna be or something, and they don't have red socks. Their uniform like isn't red; <laughs> it's like neon oh. green or something. Not oh cool. no, that's <laughs> it's not I, cool. I love the color green, but neon is yeah. just a no-no. Uh, and, and Nike was like, just trying to get the kids to like baseball game. Yeah, that's what helps. Uh, wh- why don't we just yeah. put Takashi Six Nine on everyone's? Uh, baseball outfits, and then they'll forget how boring that fucking game is. 
Why don't we? Why don't we tell them that there's a Xanax in every tenth peanut? <laughs> that would make me go. Well, that'll get the fans there. I don't know if they got the yeah. players there. It will definitely not have the attention there. Um, I think the real <sighs> the real sportsman is ninjas. Like okay. uh, you, you mean uh, elaborate or you mean like MXC like, people? No, like the like the the MLG ninjas. Oh, oh. esports ninjas. Esports. Okay. The 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 real sport dog. Where Good. you don't have to move. So Cody, <laughs> we're here. We're here now. Cody, tell Fuck me about heroin, dog. Born January seventeenth, eighteen eighty-two, New York City, to a very, very Jewish family. He was the black sheep of said Jewish family. Uh, Arnie's older brother was seemingly the favorite child, as he was, you know, doing the whole rabbi in training thing. Oh, so I thought you were yeah. gonna say he was good at math. No, no, our subject, Arnie, is good at math. Okay, that's a good way he, to be runner-up, he, son. He's a wizard at math. Yeah, well, mm, yeah, uh, maybe not. Well, one night, Arnold's father caught a five-year-old Arnie standing over uh, said rabbi brother with a kitchen knife, seconds away from murdering him in his sleep. He was practicing the bris. We already did it. With a kitchen knife. With a kitchen knife? Yeah. Don't they use a butter knife, Tom? No, they use teeth. They, oh, they yeah, use teeth right. to, to give it a kick. Look, hold on, guys. We just did Bernie <laughs> no. Madoff. We just did Bernie Madoff. We, re- we leaned really hard into the Jew jokes, okay? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I thought of that as soon as I, like, set up today. Right. So let's change it up a bit. Let's see, let's see how many not Jew jokes we can make. No, we're, Just as we're a brain exercise. I have no material if you take this away from me. Okay, never mind. It was all a joke anyway. We should just watch the most terrible show ever created, Friends, and talk about Ross. Did you get a sponsorship and not tell us? What the fuck is going on? Uh, You know, Ross is probably the best character on Friends. He's a great great character. uh, He's the only Jewish character on Friends, so he's the best one. Let's continue. Yeah. So Arnie's... Arnie's dad slaps the knife out of, like, the five-year-old murderous toddler's hands. And he's like, son... Why would you do such a thing? And like some psychotic fuck fuckwit, Arnold is just like, because I hate him, daddy. Like, not trying to cover it up or anything, just like playing it straight. Like, why, why, why are you trying to kill your brother? Because I hate him, father. Son, so, put that, that, that knife back into schmaltz. We're going to have a talk about the word hate that you just used. Mm. <laughs> not such a good word this is. Yeah. So, as I said earlier, black sheep of the family, and as an exercise in rebellion, young Arnie would regularly shoot dice with the neighborhood ne'er-do-wells just to, uh, you know, rebel and, like, be, like, anti-establishment with his papa. Playing CeeLo, dog? Probably, I don't, what other alley games, what other games in an alley do you play that's not CeeLo with dice? Uh, pick up the rat soap in the corner, and I'll show you. With dice? Yeah. Well, the dice are hidden in the rat, so I bend you over longer. I just thought it was like, you Damn know, it. you picked a number, you sang Luck Be a Lady, and you did it. And then if you got your number, then you get a kiss on the lips. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, a future Arnie would admit, uh, I can't remember when I didn't, when, when, when asked upon his gambling habits. He's like, I can't remember when I didn't. Maybe I gambled just to show my father he couldn't tell me what to do. I, th- I think I gambled because I loved excitement. When I gambled, nothing else mattered. So hyperfixation on the gambling. And uh, as I said, this kid's 
not great in schooling because he drops out of uh, East Harlem All Boys High School, but still a mathematical whiz kid, especially when it comes to probabilities. Look at that. Wow. So, like, uh, he hates his dad, like, and in the end, it doesn't really matter. Fuck you, yeah. dad, bro. Travis, when you, when you, when you were in your rebellious phase, you wore Janko jeans and, and, yeah, uh, 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 Skindred t-shirts. But this guy <laughs> Dude, is wallet chains, dice. man. Wallet chains. Yeah, that's, stu- that's good because stuff. Because I don't want, fuck you, dad, you're not taking my, my wallet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I keep all my cool little tokens in there. Oh, I skipped this, but it's too good to uh, leave out. At age nine, he ran away from home, uh, being uh, to become a uh, traveling hat salesman. So I love that. Traveling hats gets you traveling hats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, hold on, real That's quick a, though. Yeah. Real quick before we continue, yes? is this the basis of Robert De Niro's character in Casino? I don't know because Arnie Rothstein is like a huge individual. He's got. A character of the same name in Boardwalk Empire, and this guy did influence all of like the common household gangster names: Lucky Luciano, Dutch Schultz, uh, Lansky. Uh, this guy was like the dapper Dan that, like, yeah, that that's another gangster. I don't know why I use that. He he's the dapper son of a bitch that taught these guys how to dress and how to like eat dinner with manners. Right, but he's he's the Jew. So he's still kind of yeah. like he's they like him because he's making him money and showing him how to be how. But also. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. yeah. I like that. And he's giving him dress tips, which I think it's nice. Yeah. I think it's nice. It's nice. It's, it, he, he's a shift in like the, the organized crime world. I'm going to show you how to get that little bit of meat out of them tiny lobster legs, dog. That's class. <laughs> yes. Jews love shellfish. Yep. Big on it. <laughs> Also, I just need to express, it's really hard to not scream at the top of my lungs while I'm doing this show. Uh, of course. I miss <laughs> doing that at the moment. So just, uh, I'm, I'm here in spirit, guys. I'm burning up my voice I got you. in my mind. Well, we'll get Zwick to, like, you know, soundboard some, like, Tom Helm screams every so often. Yeah. Into the oh! that, that's exactly what that is. There Perfect. you go, Zwick. There's your sample. That's it. So... Uh, Arnie's childhood sweet tooth would persist throughout his adult life. His favorite meal, if you want to call it a meal, was uh, milk and cake. Uh, He would indulge in sweets when his gambling adversaries would get sloppy on booze. So it's childish handicap, but he's using it as a strength. Sometimes. (laughs) I just imagine all these gangsters, like, you know, drinking their bathtub gin, and he's like, pass me the milk, boys. I'm a a man baby. He's (laughs) that guy that just is like... Instead of, like, cigars, he's, like, you know, shoveling cake. Instead of, like, you know, the moonshine, he's, like, sipping, like, you know, his 2%. Uh, Why not? Why not? Well, why not? Because at some point in his life, all of his teeth fucking disintegrate. Uh, I can't tell when, but, like, when he was on the literal mortician slab, that is something his autopsy guy found out. It's like, oh, all his teeth are fucking fake. What, or what do you think happened to this one? I don't know exactly, but he YOLO'd too hard. <laughs> Cake was involved, YOLO happening. I don't know what to say. I mean, I think I could live off entomins, and I think I could keep my teeth because I brush them. Good, good for you, Travis. It's probably that milk. It's probably that milk that disintegrated, you know, with all that calcium that disintegrated well, the teeth. You mentioned 2%. There's your problem, buddy. You got to drink heavy cream. 
home oh. back when this guy was a kid. Oh, yeah. God. It was all just like warm half and half. That's what the milk was. They didn't <laughs> separate it yet. They had nothing. No, no, no. So d- during his young adulthood, Arnie would bet on fucking everything. Dice, cards, horse, sporting events, and even uh, elections. It was actually a, a, a huge thing in this day and age to like bet on mayoral and presidential elections. Uh, there's reasons we don't do that anymore. Well, uh, we like lo- Tammany Hall shit. I love how other countries bet on our elections, though. Like that's, they have, well, like Ireland was betting bet, bets on our elections all the time. That's fine. As soon as like Putin places a bet on a presidential like nominee, then you have to start sweating. But I'll, I'll yeah. let Ireland do whatever they need to. They seem bored of like eating and their wives. There's like more Irish people here voting than there is Irish people in Ireland. There's only like five oh, the million. Fi- of the them. fix is in. Yeah. They can, they can do yeah, whatever they yeah. want. Good on so, that. Uh, around 1908, uh, the, a 27-year-old Arnie courts his future uh, wife, Carolyn Green, his only wife. He'll have a bunch of mistresses, but this is the sole wife. Uh, she's Irish Catholic, so he gets disowned from his family, which I think is hilarious. It's not the constant gambling, running away from home, or nearly killing his brother in his sleep. It's... Dating or no, marrying an Irish Catholic wife is the thing that gets him disowned. It's what matters. It's just it's <laughs> the only thing that matters. It makes sense. You to me. don't fly in the face of natural order, right, Tom? Look, if you're gonna start at five years old, treating your kid brother's penis like a matzo, and then just <laughs> wow, kind okay. of drizzle down into gambling and eating cake. And running away from home, and then this. Oh, okay, then, it trickles down. Okay. Oh, and then you spike back up to dating a Catholic Irish woman. You're a bad man. You're a bad. You oh. need to leave. Yeah, if you're gambling and shit, and like buying, I'm sure he's buying chains and all the gangster things. The Catholic Church is the best church to join. Everything's shiny. It's basically for raccoon people. Oh. So they don't even have to listen to the priest. They look at all the shiny shit that's hanging out on the table behind them. Look, I am I'm the proof of what happens when Jewish marries Irish Catholic. It's not good. Not good. Oh yeah, you're the you're the you're the result of that union. My parents actually disowned each other. That's how bad it gets. <laughs> and they're still married. Wow, mutual <laughs> But just disowned with each other. Of course. They get along swimmingly now while absolutely hating each other. Uh, I really appreciate their relationship. Continue. <laughs> Uh, the two soon became engaged and marry in 1909. Almost immediately after getting married, Arnie turns to his new newlywed bride and is like, Hey, you're not engaged to me anymore. Give me back that engagement ring. And he goes and pawns it off to cover a gambling debt. <laughs> Hell a yeah. A plus. I like that. So like, you're not, you're not engaged no more. Give me the engagement. You can Tom, keep the wedding band. Tom, you taking notes? I, that's exactly what I'm doing here. I don't know if you can hear my writing. <laughs> This is all, it's all recorded. Just play it back, baby. <laughs> they uh, got a lot of just, nice pawn shops down there. Oh, loads of them. Uh, just so you guys know, and the peeps at home, uh, our boy tonight, Arnie, isn't just lucky. He's not just a mathematical whiz. Uh, he does have some honest-to-goodness talent when it comes to uh, gambling games that involve skill. Namely, uh, cracking eggs. Our boy was a genius billiards player. Oh, nice. So uh, he was an exceptional shot. He once faced a skilled pool player uh, on equal footing to him, and Arnie was having trouble winning, but 
Arnie kept doing the, yo, best two out of three. Yo, best three out of five. He kept doing that until this pool game lasted about 32 fucking hours straight. <laughs> At which point his opponent was hammered and exhausted because he was slugging, like, bourbon the entire game while Arnie was on a sugar rush from downing donuts. And he eventually won, uh, I believe, $4,100 just because he dragged the game to the point where his opponent got sloppy. And this is well, in, like, 1890-ish? Uh, we are 1910s. Oh, 1910s. Well, yeah, there you go. If you're ever at the pool hall and you see a guy that has uh, two, bo- two 24 boxes of Dunkin' Donuts donuts and his shirt is just, like, wet yeah. with milk, don't, Ooh. don't. <laughs> don't yeah, he's, he's got a camelback. He's got a camelback hydration system full of milk. So, Tom, you and uh, I used to play pool a lot. My tactic was yeah. always just to hit the ball as hard as I could. I just remember you eating yeah, the donuts a lot. I don't really remember the old <laughs> pool. I know we went out a lot. Uh, I was yeah. that. I was the bourbon man, though. So I get it. I don't remember a lot. Uh, you understand. You understand this. You you can't. If you're the bourbon man playing in a pool hall, you probably can't last thirty two hours. No, no, we can't. <laughs> okay. Uh, Arnie gets into the full swing of gambling, and uh, he's making the vice of gambling work for him. He's a smooth talker. When he lost, he could be like, ah, I'm sorry. Uh, Can I pay you next Tuesday for a wage I lost today? He would would always uh, stall and drag ass when uh, paying up. But if you lost to him, he wanted his shit, like, now. So, like, he was able to, like, buffer himself a little line of credit with this uh, tactic. Yeah, so he's got the good old wimpy from Popeye tack. Yeah, that's the that's the reference I tried to make. This guy's living on like stolen meats. Just think yeah. about this. This was this was supposed to be. Yeah. Why wasn't this guy canceled? We we just got Pepe Le Pew, right? Who's not like a hero to anyone. I hate that. Yeah, I see Twitter a few weeks ago. Everyone's like, if you think about what Pepe Le Pew does, it's kind of fucked up. It's like, of course. Of course it's fucked up. It's, <laughs> it's he's a, not a good guy. He's, he's a prime example from the time he was created as to what not to do. That's what he's there for. It's his character's yeah, purpose. He never made it. Yeah. Now, the other he guy. He never came out on top. Yeah. Now, the other guy, Wimpy, who has yet to be canceled. Speedy? Living entirely oh. on government stolen meat. Not good. <laughs> not a good guy. No, 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 no. Just heard an argument today that said eating meat is actually racist. Oh, wow. If you're a white person and you buy meat, um, because black people were not allowed to have meat when they were slaves, and then they took up the um, the culture of barbecue, every time a white person buys meat, they're taking away from black people's barbecue culture. Can't have that. So doesn't Biden want to get rid of all the meat? For white people. Just white people. Hmm. All the meat that you eat, you need to send directly to Kamala Harris, and he will, she will redistribute it. Oh, nice. She's very important. That makes sense. Uh, uh, stop Asian meat. Okay, uh, let's go. <laughs> uh, so Arnie does this, like, like wiggle room, uh, giving himself a little bit of credit you know, throughout his life, and that's all, like, a, 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 a guy that knows the numbers needs to, like, thrive. Um. Uh, throughout the rest of his life, he also does this thing of uh, 
wheeling and dealing gambling establishments, like actual gambling houses. He buys partial stakes, he flips joints, he expands, he, like, just has many a gambling establishment, and his, his mentality of this is, if the house always wins, why not become the house? Why not have your own house? Why not have a few houses, you know what I mean, if they're always coming out on top? Smart man. So, he's got... Yeah. Two crown jewels of gambling establishments, one in Saratoga Springs and the second in uh, Long Beach, Long Island, believe it or not. Oh, good old Long Beach. Yeah. And, I've, uh, I've, these... never, I've never actually partied in Long Beach, but apparently a bunch of bimbos go down there. Yeah, it's basically, good. it's fine. You go down there. Um, yeah. It, it, it is a place for alcoholism to thrive, so you would do fine. Uh, oh, okay. Speakeasies everywhere. Sand all over the place. Boardwalks. The boardwalk doesn't. Sand. The boardwalk. I don't think really has much to drink. But on the other side of the boardwalk, like a block away, is a strip of places where you will find blonde people falling over each other, cracking their own teeth just to get uh, a half-off Michelado. <laughs> well, and also if you go over to the sandy area, there's plenty of to drink. Salt water. Right. Um. Yeah. You're a cat. Uh, don't do that. Every time I try to go to the beach and relax, I just start drinking salt water until I pass out. Until you're really I, relaxed. I actually... And the paramedics have to come. I actually think it all you serious... never, you never, You never drank salt water and tried to read a book on the beach until you fall asleep in the sun? In all seriousness, I think that there are more Irish people in Long Beach than there is in Ireland. <laughs> Probably. I'm not. That's not a joke. I think that's real. And I think they're, that, right, that's, we'll that's that. the wrong place for their skin... But it's fine. <laughs> That's racist now. You can't exclude Irish people just because they die in sunshine. They hate meat as well, apparently. I just found this out. I just got a text message. All the, all the haggis I've... Uh, not haggis. Uh, corned beef I've ever haggis. eaten. It's really just cardboard. Oh. That's roadkill. <laughs> so whenever a guest would complain of crooked or fixed odds in uh, Arnie's gambling houses, Arnie would publicly, publicly call out that accuser and make him an offer. Arnie would offer even odds on a coin toss for everything that fucker had in his pockets. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, you think this is a sham? Everything in your pockets right now on a coin toss. And, you know, this has three outcomes, and all of which are win-win-win situations for a boy Arnie. If the, if the accuser refused the coin toss, Arnie's like, oh, you're, you're not a gambler in a gambling establishment, and then you just have him fucking ejected. And then, you know, no more crybaby, you know. Pooping, you know, pooping the party for the night. Smart. If the accuser, yeah, and if the accuser accepted the coin toss and lost, Arnie just made his house some money, and again, he can eject the crybaby because he no longer has anything to gamble with in a gambling house. And if he, if the accuser accepted the coin toss and won, Arnie just made him eat his words. Like, oh yeah, you just won, you know, you just won a bunch of money in a crooked gambling house. Take your winnings. Shut up and go lose them somewhere on a, you know, some other crap table. So either which way, there was one less, you know, patron bitching about crooked odds after Arnie pulled this stunt. And I, I fucking like that. I, I, I really appreciate, like, the, the, the end result of just cutting down on the dissonance regardless of what outcome transpires from this offer. Yeah, this, like, I keep saying this word, smart. He's smart. He's got like shrewd. Here's shrewd. three outcomes here. He's gonna look like um, he's he's gonna have a spine at the end of all three of them. 
all three of them, and there's one less asshole, you know, barking in your fucking gambling house. That's either, fantastic. Either which way. Well, wait, guys. Is it really good to have a spine? Because imagine all the cool positions you could be in if you removed your spine. Like laying down and <laughs> I don't uh, know, like instead of down. instead of walking, I would just like wobble. This is like blah, 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 blah. You can do that with a spine still. I don't know. No, I know, but it'd be funnier. You know what you know what happens to people when they break their spines? They usually can't walk. So let's start there. Maybe I think Cody what he said, you said, uh, made a lot more sense. You lay down or you look like a wallet. <laughs> One of those. I'm not two. talking about breaking it. I'm talking about removing it entirely. Right. So the nerves oh, are oh, intact. He's got us there, Tom. Yeah. He, yeah. Oh, he's got us. Could you imagine? Yeah, we'll just that? run the nerves right from the legs right to the brain. We'll just. How, how are we, we going to support it? Oh, so you can still. Yeah, you can still <laughs> roundhouse kick as like a puddle of flesh. <laughs> this is my dream. Would you leave the rib cage in? slash roastmortemcast. Would you leave the rib, rib cage in? Oh, oh yeah. That gets in the way of autofellatio. You know, no, because you won't have a spine. You just fall the hell over, dog. This is a terrible way to be. This is not a good way <laughs> to think I want to be Gumby. Travis. I want to be Gumby. Travis, become a vampire like in that movie Blade, because they could just take all their body parts out and be fat people for life and whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't know how that works. Well, I'm going to make a bet, bet with our boy to remove my spine. Uh, 1912. Arnie makes his first million dollars. And being lush with liquid assets, Ernie diversifies his portfolio. He begins bankrolling whatever the fuck he fancies. You know what I mean? It could be on a whim. Like, one of his favorite places you can catch Arnie was uh, Lindy's Deli. Really famous joint in New York City. Is that the one that has uh, cheesecake? I don't know about Is that. that. Junior's? It's, it's on the same level as it's, it's on the same level as Katz's Deli. Okay. Huh. That type of joint. I don't know what that. I don't and, know what uh, New York food is like anymore. I totally forgot this week. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. The pizza has amnesiac effects. Uh, uh, yeah, he would have upwards of one hundred thousand dollars just on his person when he was out on the city, just walking around. Which I learned today was slightly easier back in this time frame, nineteen twelve, because thousand dollar bills were in circulation. Did you know that? Um, yes. I didn't know the time frame, but I know there, there were $1,000 bills minted. Yeah, they stopped printing them in the 40s. Which is really dumb, because I feel like we could use $1,000 bills now more than in Yeah, the with 40s. the inflation. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're just going to make smaller denominations. We're going to cut the yeah. penny in half. Yeah. We're going to make you carry yeah, we're gonna the go penny. Used, we used to have a half penny. We're going to go back to it. We're going back to it. It's going to be, this is, uh, you know, count a million of these, that's your rent. Seems small on paper. <laughs> oh, I like that. So, bunch of money in his pockets always. Uh, this earned him the nickname the Big Bank Roll. So he's just walking around, big money dick, just, hey, kid, I'd like your lemonade stand. And he'd, like, you know, give a $100,000 million to the kid and be like, I need 20% of everything. That, that, was, that was his asking rate for his uh, bankroll return. It was always 20%. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad, but here, here's the underhanded thing. That would be, in exchange for the upfront lump sum from uh, Arnie, he would demand, like, I need 20% of this back, or, you know, 120% of this back. Also, just so I can protect my ass a little bit, take some of the lump sum I just gave you and uh, go buy an insurance policy, put me as the beneficiary, just so I can cover my bases. Oh! And, 
from a cursory glance, that sounds like a good idea, but as our resident uh, ower over here, Tom, why is this a bad idea? Well, because uh, let's say you're a little Timmy, and you've got your lemonade popcorn uh-huh. stand, and you're selling these yeah, half-penny yeah. popcorn buckets, flinging them, right? Guy uh, comes up yeah. to you goes, hey, he's $40, give me $60 later, whatever, I don't, uh, bad math. You get the point. Math. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> Give me the insurance. Okay, you're you're covered. All right, out of nowhere, a couple lunking idiots come smashing little <laughs> Timmy's legs to death. Yep, that's that's exactly what our boy Arnie was doing. He thought he was just being a nice guy, looking out for his vestments. But as soon as you you know fell behind on your payments, you know Arnie would invite you down to Lindy's and be like, "Hey, I was just going over the numbers and noticed." Uh, your establishment would be more profitable if it was on fire. <laughs> you catch my drift. By the time you turn around, oh, God, please don't set my... It's already on fire. It's, it's gone. <laughs> I killed your cat it's for fun, vaporized. too. It, it almost got away, but uh, oh. I ran over real quick. Oh, no, my bespoke wooden belt buckles that I make <laughs> in Brooklyn are on fire. Yeah, my, my Etsy store. It's on fire. <laughs> my IP address. What will I do yeah. with my feather earrings? Uh, your ear wings. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, you, can, you can use that, baby. Uh, the year is 1917. Our boy Arnie is uh, at a floating crap game in a hotel. If you don't know, a floating crap game is just craps, but like, there's no you know, table, and there's no security, and there's no... I don't know what the... Game the MC of a crap game is called the dealer. Crap. I, I thought that was when you shit in the cistern of the toilet. That is what crap you game. call that. Oh no, we are really, really reaching for crap jokes right now. <laughs> Let's just roll well, through this. Some party poopers crashed this crap game, uh, and uh, they were armed and stole everyone's money. Arnie lost about eleven thousand dollars that night. Ooh. Chump change, but goddamn it. Does our boy Arnie hate getting got? So he does the all-American thing and uh, starts showing up to all of his crap games with a loaded pistol now. Smart. Ooh. Second Amendment. Yeah. Second Amendment. Cody, uh, I got a question yeah. for you because I always sure. found that this was really interesting. Up until I think around the 80s um, when poker took over, one of the most popular card games in casinos was actually Gin Rummy. Gin Rummy's a fun oh. game. Uh, yeah, which like, like yeah, you know, yeah. now you play Gin Rummy with your grandma or some shit. But that used to be like the most hardcore gambling. Was he playing a little bit of gin? I he played everything. He must have played Rummy. He's known to do dice, crap, and poker. But he must have dabbled a, a, a wee bit in the Gin Rummy game. Okay, because then, yeah, now then around in the 80s, Texas Hold'em, which is a very boring game, took over. I hate that game, because <laughs> you can't you can't sway your hand at all. You know what I mean? Like, you get yeah. what you're getting, there's no discard, and it's just, can you hold a face? Can you, can you hold your face in a sea of grown men as you throw money in a pot? It's perfect for men in Texas who want to be dealt to. <laughs> Hence yes. the name. Okay, so he gets... He gets this uh, crap game uh, winning stolen from him at uh, 1917, 1919. He's had another crap game. This time, he's got a loaded pistol. So, you know, he's playing, he's playing craps. He hears some burly, 
burly footsteps coming up the stairwell, and they eventually park themselves outside the, you know, the hotel room's door. And Arnie's like, oh, hell no, not again, and indiscriminately fires three bullets through the wooden door. Oh, no, it was just Santa Claus. I was going to go with Roger Rabbit. It was... It was three NYPD officers that, I guess, forgot to identify themselves before they began breaking in the hotel room door. Were they stepping in unison like the Three Stooges? Was that what made it so hulking sound? Hop, 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 Fired straight down, and then they, like, whoop, 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 all the way out. So, so, so this tactic that our boy used, I guess the NYPD learned from that. Now they use this tactic nowadays. Yeah, they learned from the best. They learned from the criminal best. And uh, they just open fire indiscriminately if uh, you're uh, whatever spectrum on, of criminality. It's called I'm protecting ni- your own, okay? I'm calling I'm calling 911 because my wife is pregnant and we need a police escort to get through traffic. All right. And they show up and they just unload through the door. Yeah, they hit that <laughs> fetus with a beanbag. Why are we here? I don't know, but we're going to fix it. And now they got the fucking robot dogs. The Boston Dynamic dogs. Of course. It's weird. The the one thing that we needed to do in New York City. God, I'm so happy to get out of there. There's no money for anything. People are getting kicked out of of their businesses, nails and coffins. You know, politics, politics, politics. And the police who have been, um, let's use this, this, this term, defund the police. Not wise. Wouldn't use that word myself. I would say maybe spank the police to death. But <laughs> Yeah, I'd like yeah, that. For, for literally running people over yeah. in cars. Instead, they get them their, their 80s fantasy dogs um, that we all want. <laughs> yeah, Tamagotchi. Yeah, they get the- glorified yeah. Tamagotchis. Right, which I'm sure are, might be hiding several loaded weapons on them at any time. <laughs> Did you make a right on red were you driving over 25 miles per hour in Chinatown? You're going to be dead. <laughs> Time to send or, Robot Dog out. This is, what, this, like, this is when John Carpenter predicted Snake Plissken was going to enter the scene. It's happening right in front of us. Oh, my God. Hell yeah, dude. Tom, do you, would so you like, like to put a pencil through my eye so I could be Snake Plissken? <laughs> Does it have to be a pencil? Yeah. Oh, let's Uh So he fans three shots to this wooden door, drops three NYPD officers. Uh, No one dies, but the hilarious thing is um, the DA pursued legal action, charged our boy Arnie with assault. But the thing is, back in those days, no one snitched. So the DA couldn't prove a gun was involved with this shooting because all of the crap players were just like, I didn't, what? No, there's no gun. I don't know what you're talking. Yeah, bullets, there's bullet holes in the door and you pulled slugs out of each of those three cops, but there's no gun in here. I don't know what you're talking about. We need to go back to this. We need to go back to a time where everyone everyone, uh, has their smartphone, but we get rid of the cameras because as much as people are filming police beating up young people, um, a lot of snitching going on. A lot of snitching. Let's get rid of that. <laughs> well, there's also forensics, but like when you know the forensics fall short, and all of the crap players are just like, no one drew a gun. I don't know what you're talking about. There wasn't a gun involved in this shooting. There was a there was a roided up uh, twelve year old behind a door with a slingshot, and 
He was out of pebbles and just had bullets, Your Honor. Wait, Cody, you're telling me they do CSI in real life? It's not just a TV show? Uh, nowadays, yeah. Oh, okay. 1912, probably not. Yeah! Yeah! So, and uh, just, just to paint how absurd uh, concealed carry is during this time, a quick little tangent. Um, once upon a time, crooked politicians, think Tammany Hall types... Um, employed, like, these goons to, like, intimidate voters and their uh, election adversaries. And, you know, once these crooked politicians got into office, they, instead of paying the goons off like they promised, passed something called the Sullivan Act, which essentially made it illegal to unlicensed concealed carry in New York City. So they passed this law and they tattled to the cops which of the goons would have guns on them so they could throw them behind bars and avoid paying them. Wow, that's that's really why so, that's there. That's why you can't have handguns, oh, oh, yeah. little rapper. <laughs> little yes. Well, well, get ready for this. Uh, the goons caught wind of this, and to avoid being caught with guns, they would pay a kid to follow behind them with their guns. Oh, ah, so smart. So when they got stopped, when a cop would stop and frisk these goons, there'd be nothing. But just little Timmy would be behind him with like a you know an automatic pistol, just being like, "Oh Lord." <laughs> it's the only job I can have. The other man beat my legs to death after I took $40 for my lemonades. Oh, uh, my poor cat. <laughs> I don't have any more lemons. I'm now in lemon debt. <laughs> oh, that's the worst type of debt. It's terrible. And in response to, uh, you know, these uh, goons hiring essentially gun caddies, the New York police officers started planting guns so they could make the charges stick. And in response to that, the goons started having decoy pockets tailored into their coats. That didn't actually go anywhere. So when an officer tried to plant a gun, it would just fall on the floor. Wow. And the criminal could be like, that clearly wasn't on me because all my pockets are fake. Okay, hold on. Natural progression. So the policemen decided to go to medical <laughs> school so they can insert the guns into body parts of the goons that had sewn up yeah, pockets yeah. to prevent the plants from happening. Yeah, they just <laughs> ram a gun into the ear of the goon and just be like, oh, he's got it. He's been I also, there. I also like this concept you brought up, like a gun caddy. Cody, like imagine yeah, it's, 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 going to, it, it, going to kids. a scene. They're kids. Yeah, going to a scene and turning to a little kid is like, Huh, what do you think I should use today? Should it be the nine millimeter or the or those twelve gauge shotgun? Oh, you could get a real nice shot with this uh, nine millimeter because you're not that far away, really, boss. You know, you're you're right on yeah, top of it. Just gotta choke up on the on the grip there. Windage, windage, wind. Uh, Kentucky windage. Uh, the year is 1919, and. Get ready for it. Legend has it the pre-Union Chicago White Sox are laughably, miserably, horrifically underpaid. The team owner refuses to have their uniforms laundered, stating it's the prerogative of the player to show up in a spotless uniform. I mean, I think that should be, still be the case. Well, You some... play fucking professional baseball. Clean your goddamn uniform. Well, somehow well, the team flipped. should pick up the bill. No. I, I say cut all professional athletes' salaries in half and then clean the laundry for them. How's that? Let's compensate. That, that, works. that works. I don't think the team should pick up the bill. When you work at like a, like a regular store, they, you, they give you a uniform and you have to clean it yourself. Fuck you. Fine. I work at Subway. I just got a job at Subway. 
and I and they and I get to throw my clothes in the marinara pot overnight, and then I look like a real employee. <laughs> so I get that healthy shimmer. Also, who actually wears white socks? I think I stopped wearing white socks when I was like seven years old. Oh, I just stopped actually. A lot of white socks Wait. down in the south. Pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that makes sense. Crocs and uh, white socks. Oh yeah. So there you have it. These Chicago White Sox are like horribly underpaid because they're and 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 just so you know, once like the the team owner was just like, you have to launder your own uniform. The White Sox, in protest, just wore stanky clothes. You know what I mean? So like uh, at the top of the first, they'd just be dirt caked already. Like, hi, fuck, fuck my cheapskate owner. They really didn't like the guy. And Rothstein sees you know these you know professional players who have you know at this point made it to the World Series deal with horrible underpayment. And he's like, I smell an opportunity. Nice. Be a shame you know if those bats went up in flames. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, shit like that. It'd be like, oh, it'd be a shame. Like, you know, it'd be a shame if, you know, the shortstop, you know, got a little butterfingers with, you know, a fly ball every now and then. Mm. You know, if, if, if the pitcher, like, you know, threw only fast balls for like six innings straight. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> just the the shorts everyone's like waiting for the pitcher to to pitch to the batter and just some guy like runs out of the outfield and just hits the shortstop in the back of the head with a bat and it's just like oh you thought it was coming from that way but we're coming from the outfield now we the got new rules of baseball <laughs> we got your number captain like what what's happening right now i just yeah. this is my first game <laughs> i play shortstop in 1920s baseball it's always infield you know what they should do with baseball? They should have the guy pitch it, but then he's got a batter behind him on his own team. So, like, he pitches the ball to the batter, and the batter hits it, and if they're really good, the other team batter can hit it back at him. That just sounds like a concussion. That just yeah. sounds like concussions after concussions after concussions. It yeah. Sounds like a, yeah, it sounds like if tennis was a real game. Uh-huh. And the pitcher was the net. All right, we should continue. I want to play tennis with bullets. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, the odds would pay out somewhere between double and triple the an initial wager on the Chicago White Sox. So our boy Arnie sets up a payment plan for the White Sox and goes ahead and bets on the opposition, who were at this time uh, the Cincinnati Reds. And Arnie has a bunch of warning flags associated with his mug and his uh, name just because... You kind of never want to bet against, you know, the likes of him because, you know, he's got a lot of money and he's good with math. So he needs uh, middlemen to uh, place these bets for him. So he's like, hey, he calls him commissioner. So he asks a commissioner to like, hey, I need you to place bets for me. And he, he invites one of these middlemen to pick up the cash. Arnie is like, hey, I'll be at this four star dining hall at the hotel store. Hotel Astor, I don't know how it's pronounced, uh, pretty much the ritziest joint in uh, Madison Square Garden at the time. And he's like, yeah, I'll be eating dinner there. You come get my fucking, you come get the money, and then you place the bets. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. I'm going to be sucking and on these oysters. You better show up on time. I love them. Why do you like this Jewish guy eating? They remind Jewish me of a vagina. <clears throat> Why do you like this Jewish guy eating so much seafood? Uh, because you know that he's not a practicing Jewish man. He's just a mean boy. Look at his wife. Yeah. His wife for crying out loud. Yeah, uh, he was sucking down some Catholic oysters. She probably introduced oh, him no. to fucking <laughs> the joys of seafood. I don't want to oh. hear that term ever again. <laughs> Catholic, Catholic oysters? Was, uh, terrible. Vile. 
Terrible, terrible way. That's a terrible thing to call an altar boy. <laughs> do you know what a German? Do you know what Germans call the clitoris? What? What's that? Lost pearl. Oh, the lost pearl. <laughs> yeah. Oh das yeah. Lost Yeah. Now, now I, this is. I, I don't mean this to be a slight. The Germans is this just because they think it's like a Bigfoot? You know, like it's not really there. Just down to business. I don't know. You gotta ask a German guy. I'm joking German. around. It was a bad joke that didn't land. And you know what? I will double down. I will say that possibly German women are always unsatisfied. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Okay, continue. So uh, he's got he's got this commissioner coming to like this hoity-toity place, and I, I believe I misspoke earlier when I said it was uh, money for the wager. It was actually uh, the payment, the dirty payment money for the White Sox. So keep that in mind. And this this commissioner, this go-between, shows up at this fancy dinner, and he he taps Arnie on the shoulder. He's like, uh, "Sir, do you, do you have that money we were talking about?" Cody, and I don't Arnie, think you're, I don't think you're using the right. They're like, "Uh, sir, do you have that money you think I'm no, no, talking no, no. about?" No, 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 no. Like, yeah, boss. Stay with, stay, stay with me. I, I I like I like this co- this this commissioner being very meek. Oh, okay. So he's like, uh, do, "Do you have that money, sir?" And Arnie is the one who's loud, Travis. He's like, what, what money could you possibly be referring to, kind sir? And, and the commissioner's like, the, the, the payment money for the White Sox, sir. And Arnie very loudly is just like, oh, how dare you solicit me, a respectable <laughs> businessman, for funding the fix of the, these World Series. Be gone, fuckface. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> I was hoping so, not, but... We can live Yeah, with sorry. So all these wealthy and reputable guests of the dining hall like turn their heads and overhear this very loud exchange of Arnold rebuking the thought of fixing the World Series. And just so you know, what a fucking coincidence, Arnold's dinner guests that night is a judge and some respectable top brass of the New York Police Department. Mm. So it's like, oh, mm. wow, oh, you have these guests while you publicly rebuke you know, uh, a commissioner asking for money to, you know, fix the 1919 World Series. Wait, so he's having dinner with the same people that he shot through the door? <laughs> Their bosses, probably. Yeah. Mm. So after this public spectacle, Arnie would meet up with his very confused commissioner later and hand off the money he promised. So it was kind of just he didn't trust the guy to act surprised when he shut him down for refusing, you know, World Series fix money in this very public place very loudly. So, interesting tactic. I like it. How do you guys feel about just trashing, like trash talking, like someone who is doing the job you asked them to to cover your ass? Uh, I mean, it feels very, I know I keep bringing her up, but it feels very Nancy Pelosi to me. Um, <laughs> it feels dishonest. Uh, feels like she, like she's saying a lot of nice things, but at the end of the day, she just wants to strangle every poor person on the face of the planet. I mean, yeah. if if he turned around after like later when they're at their gangster hideout and gave the guy a twenty, like you know, I'd be cool with that. But we don't Interesting. know. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he 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 loved tipping people. One of the things was like Arnie would pay top dollar for information, regardless of the source or the validity. 
So he's just like, oh, he's he's big on info brokering. But at the same time, if you don't care about the source, the validity, like, I, I can make up a bunch of information for you guys right now that's for sale. It's like, water is wet. Water Dogecoin is, is good. good. Yeah, you know, Mike. Make up information about me? Not about you, for you. Oh. Travis I'll is a stuff. dick. I'll, I'll make stuff up like <laughs> Travis is handsome. Travis oh, is, yeah, yeah. Travis will make love to you, and it will feel good. Yeah, making stuff up. You missed that part when I said that, right, Travis? No. Anus. <laughs> Travis has the largest anus in the world. Yeah, he's got that really deep anus. You ever see those uh, old skater photos where guys are using, like, they're skating in a bowl, and it's like a Vans photo, like uh, like a Powell ad, and a guy's doing a grind yeah. on a bowl? That's someone on your anus. That's yeah. your anus. It's yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Much. I actually admire pretty that cool. about you. I actually use ants. Yeah, that's a, that's a sleek anus. Skateboards. That's a sleek <laughs> anus. Mine is all balloon naughty. Oh, Sounds God. like, you know, Travis has, like, shit that you could, like, you know. The trick is you don't wipe. On. You don't wipe, and it makes well, a concrete okay. hole. This is bad news. This is bad stuff Moving to hear. Moving on. Moving the fuck on. All right, so really quickly, let's talk about the incentives to play for the Chicago Black Sox. And when I say Black Sox, it's not the entire team. Black Sox is just the eight or nine fuckers that, you know, through the game. The Wait, so these aren't the White Sox? The team is called the White Sox. Okay. The assholes on the White Sox that are willing to go along with this World Series throw are referred to as the Black Sox. Okay, because wasn't there also a team like that's not around anymore but called the Black Sox? N- no. No? That was ne- that's, that's not an official team name. It's the reference... There, there's two things the the quote-unquote term Black Sox could be referencing. It is either A, the players that protested their owners their owner being a cheapskate and throwing the 1919 World Series, or it could be B, the players that protested their cheapskate owner by refusing to wash their white socks, hence them becoming black. Uh. For all intents and purposes, we're going to call it, we're going to use the word the term Black Sox tonight for the people who threw the 1919 World Series. Okay. So really quickly, I want to unpack the cash incentives for these Black Sox. They have, A, their salary, which is peanuts, which is peanuts, nothing. It's the reason this entire debacle can get started and what gives Arnie a foothold. So just assume they're getting paid fucking nothing, okay? Sad. And then, B, uh, the World Series prize money. Believe it or not... If your team wins the World Series, I think that team splits something like $25,000 together. This still happens today. They, ML, to, uh, I, don't, all, I don't know if it's the same numbers, but yes. No, it's not the same number, but like, you know, for, for all of us non-sporty people, and I'm sure I'm going to get laughed at for even mentioning this, if you win a tournament of sorts, the World Series, the, the Super Bowl, another one, you get some money for your franchise. Yes. And that helps. Yeah, so... And that helps when you, when you make misprints on your merchandise. Uh, and it can cover that expense because there's a lot of meatheads working f- for the graphics departments of those companies. Why do these men always win events and they were like, I'm going to Disney World? Because they get paid to say that. You also get sponsorships when you win. When <laughs> well, you what's win so these... good about Disney World? I don't know. Tom, oh, you fun, like it. I was actually just, okay. yeah, I was going to say, um, I was going to, actually close it down for a day and propose to Gabriella there uh, because she loves Disney World so much. Uh, so I was going to no, close down all four parks and I was, <laughs> I was going to have her find me 
I was going to put rose petals uh, in several paths and hire some wow. some of my own black socks to yeah to uh, give her a, a ruse and have her find me in the middle of the Epcot ball. Um, Tom, the, you are so romantic. Yeah, and the only only people in costumes are just Aladdins, right? Um, I no, opted for no doing it in a Wendy's mouse. parking lot. I opted for the Wendy's parking lot. Yo, it was that's much, cool too. Much more cost effective. There you go. I like that. Uh, so you got the salary, which is nothing. The prize money, which is a nice chunk chunk of change. But the really, really nice chunk of change is the bribe Arnie was offering. And just so you know, this bribe is on loss. The World Series back in the... Here's the interesting thing. It's not the World Series in 1919. It's the World's Series, which is really hard to say, I've realized. And it's not a seven-game ordeal. It's a nine-game ordeal. So the first to win five games takes the pendant. The first to lose five games, you know, walks away the loser. So Arnie was like, I'll, you lose five games, I'll pay you for each loss. And he's talking about eight or nine guys on the White Sox. All right. Easy and money. Easy, yeah. easy money. Well, and also, like, you know, the other team gets prize money. You know, the Cincinnati Reds get the prize money. So everyone gets everyone gets paid in this transaction guys, if, if the Black Sox throw. Guys, you know, think about it. I mean, we've all been there. We've all been uh, throwing a ball. We've all realized how easy it would be to lose. Why not? Oh, yeah. So well, easy to lose. I used to play baseball when I was little, and same, I, rem- same here. I remember hearing about the whole White Sox scandal and the fact that, you know, they, they threw the World Series, and I'm just kind of like, who cares? It's a game. Uh, the gamblers <laughs> the gamblers cared a lot, actually, Travis. Yeah, well, fuck them. They should be betting on a game. Travis. No one, wants, no one wants to gamble when I play Civilization VI Well, th- sit that- there and watch me play for hours. That sounds like who- you... Uh, a you thing uh, with civilization there. Also, my brother-in-law plays the shit out of that game. Uh, he doesn't oh, yeah. talk to us anymore. He's divorcing. It's a great crazy, game. Unfortunately, because of it. Um, he's uh, too obsessed with becoming a little Caesar or whatever that game implies. But Travis, I do want to say, uh, sportsmanship-wise, you are a fantastic goalie. We played soccer one time, and I saw you do things that uh, I was pretty sure a- you wouldn't be able to do. Very impressive. He's a great catcher too. Yeah, yeah, I like to. I like to catch. I like to play goalie. I'm a very good goalie. Surprisingly, killing it. Yeah. So, uh, Travis, athletics beside aside, uh, uh, the White Sox. Here's here's the breakdown of the series. Uh, the White Sox were crushed in Game One, nine to one. Looking good. Looking good for the bookies that bet on the Reds. Nice. You know what I mean? Nine to. And uh, the first pitch, the the very first pitch of the game. Um, Beans the opening batter for like uh, the Cincinnati Reds in the back, and that is actually a signal to all of the bookies that the fix was in. It was an intentional like hurting of another sportsman just to signal to all the other bookies like, "Hey, go bet. The fix is in. We're, we're the bribe has been accepted. The White Sox are going to throw." Nice. Imagine if that imagine imagine if that wasn't the case and the pitcher just fucking sucked. <laughs> the pitcher was amazing. His name was uh, Sickett or Sickhot. We'll we'll talk about him in a minute. Rusty but Glove he, Sickett. Dude, we're gonna talk <laughs> about how silly these fucking baseball players' names are in a minute. So uh, game one, nine to one, uh, White Sox got crushed. Game two was another loss, four to two for the White Sox. 
Uh, the White Sox decided to play semi-legitimately on Game 3 to divert suspicion. You know what I mean? Because if you lose five games in a row, you know, eyebrows are going to be raised. So they decide to win Game 3, uh, 3 to 0. Game 4, they throw it again, 2 to 0. Uh, game 5 was another blowout, uh, 5 to 0. The Cincinnati Reds won. So... All they need to do, uh, the, the, the White Sox, the Black Sox, need to lose just one more game to throw the entire series. But the kink in the plan is Arnie being, you know, the guy's like, oh, I'll pay you later for, you know, a fix today, mm-hmm. you know, has lapsed on his payment. Like, there's two or three games that have gone by and the Black Sox haven't gotten, you know, their, you know, due of the bribe yet. So just to make Arnie and all the other bookies sweat, the White Sox win game six and seven just to, like, protest, like, ah, where's my money, bitch? Which is hilarious because they're doing it to the bookies whose literal job is to ask where their money is. And right. they're, like, putting a reversal on the sweats. And I, I think this is hilarious because they're, they're, they're you know, they're, they're bullying around the bullies right now. Uh-huh. I'm get to second base Stevenson. Where's my money? See, yeah, that's, this is that's a lot of excitement. Um, for for baseball, because baseball uses term blowout before. I believe most baseball games are a blowout because they're just not even that fun. Like they're fun to go to with your family when they tell you to stretch and they, you know, they do this thing. Yeah. So, like there is fun parts, but watching it on television, it just is. It's a blowout every time. What's on TV? It's a blowout. Do you know that the seventh inning stretch is actually Western yoga? It's the only <laughs> reference to yoga we have in our culture. I call it the seventh <laughs> inning jelk. Oh, God. The seventh, seventh, seventh inning loosen your belt buckle because it's digging your gut. Yeah, those beers are uh, filling. <laughs> you idiots are fat. Stand up. <laughs> that's pretty, yeah, that's, that's, that's what they Instead of the national anthem, that's what they do. Um, so because the White Sox won game six and seven, Someone high up the food chain with a lot of money and a lot of influence, wink, wink, probably Arnie, sends a goon to intimidate the wife of Lefty Williams. And he's he, like, Lefty, <laughs> Lefty Williams and his wife is out for a walk, an evening stroll, and like some fucker in a, in a derby hat and a cigar uh, approaches them and is like, hey, it would be really in the best interest for both of you's health if you lost that game tomorrow hard and quickly. Hey, uh... Bye. Hey, uh, Mr. Righty Williams. I mean, Mrs. Righty Williams from Mrs. Lefty, Lefty Williams. Oh, my goodness. Could oh. you imagine if, if his wife's name was Righty Williams and the kind of tug jobs <laughs> they would give each other? I, I would be very... Uh, you know, there's no cell phones at this point. You can't be a snitch, no, no, even no, if no. you wanted to. No. You can be like, this man is doing this to me. Oh, who's going to believe you? You're insane. You're a woman. Hysterical. It's probably, you know, who's going to believe you? The man down at the soda jerk. And now lollipops and root beer floats. You yeah, but you, know, but you know what he says whenever you're leaving? This ain't none of my business. So he's not <laughs> yeah, going to yeah. help either. He'll believe you, but he's not saying anything. He's just uh, not. Maybe I'll put an extra cherry in your root beer float as a, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Sox lost the next game, game eight, and the series. Uh, they lost the game 10-5, to five, and the fix was in. It goes into the history books, and it's this huge fucking thing. Uh, someone somewhere squeals because, you know, these are fucking assholes. 
seedy underbelly crime syndicate assholes. Someone squeals, and the huge scandal hits the news circuit. And there's this grand jury, like, steps in and is just like, holy shit, you guys can't throw the World Series and take bribes and shit like that. It was actually a, a, a court case from, like, the legitimate players suing the illegitimate players for losing the prize money. It's just like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm down, like, $1,200 because you assholes threw the fucking game. Oh, no, our game was fixed. This yeah. is bad. So the Black Sox, a.k.a. the players in the hot seat, are, in ascending name silliness, Fred McMullen, Eddie Sickett, Chick Gandell, Bucky Weaver, Lefty Williams, Happy Felsch, Swede Reisberg, and Shoeless Joe Jackson. <laughs> Shoeless Joe, that's Ray Liotta. Shoeless. Another tie to our Martin Scorsese. But what was his name? Felsch? What did you just say? What, what curse word is that? <laughs> Felsch? Swede Felscher boy? Yeah. Happy Felsch and Swede Reisberg. Oh. <laughs> This is, yeah, yeah. these are Good the true heroes. These are the first people to <laughs> die in 9-11. They were the first, they were, they got in front of the building. These are the real heroes of New York. <laughs> yeah, they tried to catch the planes. Yeah. I know Shoeless Joe Boy. Yeah, that's a, that's a popular name. He's, he's a famous he got, man. I don't know why he doesn't play with cleats on. They probably well, run a little faster. I believe I believe this is like a classic case of people just not giving up a joke ever. I think he played shoeless once, and yeah. you just do I something. Said once. Ty Cobb episode. Yeah, he played once with no shoes on, probably because th the shoes the other guys were wearing were just made of cardboard anyway. Let's be honest; well, it's not you know, much of a you difference. Know how New it's Yorkers, more, it's a formality. You know how fucking like New Yorkers and Chicagoans like fucking dish out like goddamn nicknames like you sneeze once into your armpit and they're like oh i get a load of sneezy here literally for the next 24 years oh yeah dude i i remember being very young at a party uh like a family friend party and some adult uh cut a piece of cake for me i don't remember whose birthday it was but the cake was real big right and this guy i didn't ask for the big piece of cake but for some reason he just called me big cake guy all night and I'm like, imagine being Shoeless <laughs> Joe Jackson, and there's one million retarded New Yorkers doing that same thing for your entire life. Hey, <laughs> hey, it's the guy with low shoes. Hey, it's big cake. It's like, what? I didn't even want this big cake. <laughs> well, it's too bad your name, isn't it? What are you going to do if you move out of New York? You won't have bagels. Ah, <laughs> it's true. You made me sad and reminiscent of bagels suddenly. <laughs> There's a little part of me that is sad about that, but um, either yeah. way, continuing well, on. Savory donuts. Ew. Uh, and uh, your your boy fucking, your boy Arnie gets, like, called in as a witness, not as a suspect at this point. And Arnie, like, scolds, scolds the entirety of New York, almost, while he's on the stand. And he's just like, how dare you? Accuse me of this and take my picture. I came here of my own volition. Fucked a lot of you. And New York's like, oh, we're sorry. It's weird. Like, he, like, like it works. He, like, Jewish guilt trips the courtroom, and it works. It, it does work. The Jewish guilt thing um, absolutely does. There's Not 100%, but it's up there, like 92 or something. It does no. It does hold up in court a lot of times. I mean, my grandma's been to court yeah, yeah, several yeah, yeah. times, yeah. you know, and uh, she's been fine. She's really <laughs> been fine. 
So after three hours of del deliberation, well, I'm, I'm sorry, but Zwick, strike that. Um, <laughs> one, so, two, three strikes out, Cody. Uh, very good. Uh, before the jury goes into deliberation, uh, an oopsie happens, a clerical error happens, and uh, the filing system just completely loses track of all the key evidence and signed confessions of the Black Sox. Like, oh, oh no, it's, it's just gone. It's not here anymore. It's gone. We, we don't know what happened. Some, uh oh, whatever. So when the signed confessions disappear, everyone who's given testimony on the court can literally just go, Baxies, I didn't mean that. Wasn't like, me. Wasn't me. So Did you guys it, it write just, this down at all? All right, never mind what I said. I kind of feel bad about what I said what, about that little Jewish guy. He was pretty nice. Yeah. I feel bad. Maybe I'll buy him a, uh, a, 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 buy him a, a candle, something to mm. smell good with. Yeah. Yeah. So now, after three hours of deliberation, um, all of the Black Sox were acquitted. This is like, well, we can't acquit. We, we can't charge. We can't convict people if there's no fucking evidence. It's like, oops. Like, it's, it's just gone. So like, all of them walked from the legal system. They all were fired and blacklisted from organized baseball, but none of them got jail time or a fine. If you can't put the entire baseball in your mouth, you must acquit. That, yeah, that's how it works. That's how that works yeah. back in the day. And because the legal system couldn't, quote-unquote, prove there was a fix going down, they can't prove a fixer was present. So your boy Arnie never sees any legal ramifications from this shit. Good for him. I, I appreciate so it. None of the... Yeah, none of the orchestrators, the crooked bookies, or even the goon that intimidated Lefty Williams faced any sort of legal consequence. And, you know, just because it's this entire shit show of, you know, probably millions of millions of dollars being exchanged over wagers, some cement shoes were definitely poured in New York and Chicago those that, you know, that week. Was the cement kosher? I don't... Probably? That's the right answer. I think they, I think they need to make some cement... The Crocs. That should be the next thing. I want cement moon shoes. So, like, I can get the height for a spinning, like, Chuck Norris kick and also the, 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 the force behind that, you know, thrust. Let me ask you, Travis, I know that yesterday you saw our good friend Justin from Heavy Hole, but mostly from Friendship. Um, he's been big on Crocs, <laughs> correct? Yeah, he, was, he let me put it in the four-wheel drive as Crocs, which means wow. you, put the, you put the backside up on the Croc. Yeah, footed. <laughs> that's yeah. He's oh, been having everyone try his shoes on, and he's always wearing Crocs now. That and Pit Vipers. <laughs> it's a good look. I I did try on the Crocs. I have to say they were they were un they, they were comfortable, but they made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's interesting. About right. <laughs> that's yeah. interesting. It's like when you've been wearing Isn't briefs. It? I mean, no, when you've been wearing boxers as a teenager, and then you grow up and you start wearing briefs again, you're like, oh. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I've made a mistake. Oh, yeah, Cody, you got to switch go over if you're on the boxer game. You got to really go in no there. No way. No. Boxer briefs, dog, all the way. Well, yeah, Brox, that's Travis what I mean to once. say. Boxer briefs. Oh, all right. Yeah. No, not not okay. the. Well, I mean, maybe I'll switch over. Look, this is we're talking about something gross right now, which is our <laughs> bodies. Let's continue the episode. Tom, yeah, you right. know, once you sorry, once you get your house, Tom, I'm going to visit you and you're going to open the door and you're just going to be in tidy whitey briefs uh, with no shirt on. Oh, 
You're like, welcome yeah. to Georgia. No, I, Georgia style. I am going a Speedo. I already picked out my favorite jeweler in the area. I'm going to get Botox. You know what you got to do? You know what you got to do? <laughs> Speedo with the kimono. That's yep. that's the fucking look now. Yeah. Cody, you are spilling some hot truth right now. <laughs> that's the kind of Lord, life I'm trying to my live. Life. I'm, I'm going to be spending a lot of money on mirrors in the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for the ceiling type? All over, all over, Cody. It yeah. starts on the ceiling and then even in the dining, down. even in the dining room, mirrored <laughs> ceilings. So you can really see the gravy on them taters. God damn. <laughs> um, let's talk. Let's talk prohibition, boys, real quick. We all know what this says. The government was like, "Ah, eh, booze is a no-no." And uh, certain no, women heroes said booze are a no-no, and the yeah, government whatever. was like, "I." The, the government. Right, we need to get laid. The government uh, always caves to the wrong people, historically speaking. It's weird how that always happens. That's, well, uh, yes. Government was like, booze is a no-no, and we have certain goddamn legends, like our subject tonight, Arnold Rothstein, being like, nah, fuck that. We're, we're, we're doing it our style. And uh, the rise of the speakeasies and all these underground booze trades flourish because, you know, it's, it's, it's a criminal enterprise now. Well, right, but he's just still drinking milk. He, Un- that's, underground that's why, milk. That's why he thinks he's a good peddler of booze because you know every time like you watch cops and you see like some crackhead get caught you know selling crack the cop looks into the cameras like well you can't tell you can't teach a monkey to sell bananas that's the mentality that fucking arnie's using is like i can i can offload booze because i'm not entranced by it so it's like well all right whatever enjoy your rotting teeth sir i'm entranced by the lactations of moo moo cows Give wow. me them udders, baby. That's why, uh, you know, those hustlers, uh, when they're selling those um, those DVDs of pirated movies, they, they just know. Not in trance at all. I'm basically selling you garbage. This, that's how they <laughs> hustle so hard. Theater camps suck. Mm. Would you like Friends on DVD? Stop <laughs> bringing us back there. So when most of the world, and when I mean the world, I mean New York City. When most of New York City was slinging some diluted brake fluid moonshine to their speakeasy patrons. No, our boy Arnie Rothstein was doing it big. He was getting rum from the Bahamas. He was getting scotch from Scotland and not diluting it, selling it just as is uncorked pristine. So he and his like cronies get known as the good stuff guys. You want the it's good the stuff? Uh... You go to fucking Arnie and his boys. Hmm. Smart business model. Give them the Smart good bi- stuff. It's, it's, it's a premium, but you know it's good if you go through Arnie's guys. Mm. And, you know, Arnie, just the way he is, decides, you know, I got to cut out the middleman. I got to make my own speakeasies. So he, do- he does just that, you know, buys his own, like, you know, mums the word places and starts selling alcohol through there. And wouldn't you know it, like this, you know, alcoholic enterprise is going so swimmingly. He's just like, hey, let's. Let's expand business. What else? What else can I flood, you know, the New York streets with? Oh, heroin. Let's also do heroin. And by do, I mean sell in a, like, you know, corporate standpoint heroin. Okay. A little unpacking here. If you want. We got a natural businessman. He wants to keep his clientele. Now, booze is replaceable sometimes because, you know, you could just drink one of those Budweiser kits that they used to sell. If you didn't know that, Budweiser stayed afloat by giving you a kit to make bread with. When I said bread, I winked. 
Now, you put that in your bathtub yeah, and you yeah, don't yeah. do the final step, and that's how you do it. So there's competition there, okay? But when you have a syndicate of uh, lurking, uh, lurking idiots uh, and little boys following them with guns and caddy bags, <laughs> and they're able to distribute something that people need right now, you are on top form as a salesman and distributor. He- he can smell the scarcity, and he can capitalize on it. Exactly. There's too much, even for, for something illegal at the time, like alcohol, there's still so many ways to make it. Now, heroin, you got to get that Afghan stuff. They don't just have that place. China, well, China actually. Oh, yes. Well, China at the time, I, oh, here I am. But, you know, you meet some friends, you stop <laughs> some Asian hate, and then you get the heroin yeah. on the streets. Well, you know what's the best thing about dealing in heroin? Is the fact that it no. has to be muled. So somebody's got to put that drug up their butt in order for it to go in other people's veins. Stop Asian hate. <laughs> anyway, so Arnie's like, oh, let's get on this co- cocaine. Let's get on this heroin like fad. Let's sell heroin. Now, ever the businessman he is, he, he's trying to expand his you know, uh, enterprise. He hits up one uh, Alfred Lowenstein. He's a Brussels-born banker. Wow, that's a tongue twister. Uh, Brussels-born banker. At this time in history, he is the third richest man in uh, you know the totality of you know the world. Third richest man. Third richest man. He got rich because he went in on the ground floor for silks and electricity. Oh, he, he, okay. He, he's that guy. I understand. Alfred Lowenstein. Yeah, mo- you know, it's so, weird because we live in this world where you have to invent uh, Microsoft or uh, a, a, thing, a, a device we hate or Amazon to become the third richest man uh, for a short time. I'm not talking about yeah. those Saudi prince types who have trillions of dollars. No, no one is. No, fuck that. Those are just, you know. But, um, yeah, it's different yeah, this, now. This is back when you could just get rich off commodities. Right. Like silk. Or static electricity. Yeah, you just have a bunch of small people that have uh, mushroom cut hair, and they just oh rub. Oh my god! They just rub balloons on their head all or day silk. for you. Silk <laughs> with you can silk. Rub the silk. Yeah, use silk balloons. Right, a little. And they rub down. it on their head, and that's how you make Thomas Edison juice. I I have a pyramid underground where I put several thousand midgets in silk robes rubbing their heads anytime, and it's making endless supply of energy, which I'm somehow selling to you and having a guy come over. <laughs> this is how Brussels accent is, right? It's just like a guy talking yeah, like this, yeah. and anytime he's getting a point across, he goes British. But it all comes yes. from the pyramids. We know this. Let's get back to our boys. Well, wait. Overloans- yeah. I mean, it, I mean think <laughs> about Thanks for that though, transition. We have good, these. Good we have these men that are rubbing b- silk balloons on their head, and all they have to do is silk walk to your balloons. house and touch the side of your house, and you have electricity. Yeah, but they can't touch anything metal on the way to your house; otherwise, everything's fucking ruined. Travis, yeah, I, you you ruined it. We had wrapped the bit. No, <laughs> he's doing. He's doing a mic. I'm he's doing not science, here. dude. Oh well, I tried to I, say I love it, your you. science. You you're one of the finest scientists I know. I'm not talking shit. Yeah. I'm just saying we did finish that bit. Um, me, me and Noah Grass is going to hang out later. Cody, we should t- keep going All right, before so I get into so- my theories. Good. Let, let us retransition away from this. So he's, 
He's rich because of the silks and the electricity, and he wants to get richer with the heroines. Okay? Makes sense. It's a fad. You go in on it big. Mm. So Alfred Lowenstein is talking to Arnold Rothstein, our subject tonight. They get to know each other. They say some things. I don't exactly know the details of whatever business proposition they get, but they do have a time. They do have a sit-down. They do have talks. Now, Alfred Lowenstein dies in the most hilarious and mysterious way soon after talking to our subject tonight. Okay. Alfred, Alfred is flying from South London to Brussels on his own private aircraft, okay? Halfway through the flight, he's like, oh, gee, I gotta take a leak. And he walks to the back of the plane, and he's just gone for a while. And his secretary is just like, oh, man, where's my boss? He's, he's, I don't know why his secretary's got a fucking New York accent. But he's like, oh, where's my boss? I haven't seen him in a minute. And the secretary goes to the back of the plane. The bathroom door is untouched, but the hull hatch is open and flapping in the wind. <laughs> and everyone's saying... Alfred Lowenstein mistook the whole hatch for the bathroom door and got sucked out of the fucking plane somewhere over the English Channel. I oh, hell yeah, dude. Guys, I think if you have any doubts about where your money's going, that's the best case for Dodge Coint I have ever heard. Yeah, man. It doesn't matter. You don't need to be smart to make money. You're like... Look, I'm not saying that Mike is not ruining your financial futures. What I am saying is that if a guy could be the third richest man in the world, right, and still walk off of a, a moving plane. <laughs> that's his own plane. His own plane, right, that he purchased. Didn't check. Didn't check. You know, this is not a, this is not, oh, we moved the silverware draw, so I keep opening it. The wrong draw to get a spoon. <laughs> this is like, oh man. This is like oh maybe not this one. I don't know. To me, it just reeks of uh, good luck out there, everyone. But it, Tom, it does reek it, of something. If you're that rich and you want to take a piss on a plane, wouldn't instead of doing it in the bathroom? Wouldn't it be better to open up the hatch and just piss on all the poor people? That's got to be refreshing. That's you know great, what I mean? Come on. It's like yeah, Travis. That's a good point. But also, how long's his Willie? <laughs> I don't know. But just imagine, like, fucking, you know, slipstream air tickling your fucking tackle. That's got to feel refreshing. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean. And, like, like you're, 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 you're flying over South London. They're some, for some reason, they're still in Dickensian London with coal all over their faces. <laughs> and they're, yeah. you're like, oh, it's raining. Thanks. It's not acid rain. And they're licking it. Yeah. Hey. Oh, That's actually later. the richest man piss. Wow. All right. This is fun. Uh, right. Yeah, Cody, that is probably the funnest death we've had on the show, and it's not even... Hold on. We're not done. Oh, okay. We're not done. Hold okay. on. Hold on. Hold on. So once this wacky story made the news circuit, all the financial pies Alfred had, 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 had his fingers in, while wow, I'm drunk, that's five beers, had his fingers in, were panic sold off. Like, oh my God, like the idiot doesn't know what he's doing. He fell out of his plane when he tried to take a whiz. Sell everything. There might have, wink, wink, been a, like, really rich guy with deep influence who may have orchestrated this hit, disappearance, accident, mind you, oh. and then bought up all these, you know, uh, frantically sold off assets. Oh. This is just me speculating out of my ass, but, like, this is what I'm thinking here. And, by the way, uh, once, you know, the, the story hit the press... 
and the British Air Ministry hears this tale and is like, that is unadulterated horseshit. Like, you can't open a hatch door of an in-flight plane because of the pressure differential. And in a live demonstration, they showcased it would take, you know, a big burly fucker, a, 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 a ramming shoulder tackle with a, with a sprinting, like, head start to open the door only six inches before the pressure differential slammed it back. So there's no fucking way he Mr. Magooed out of his plane. Uh, but like it's it it's exactly what the scene was painted to look like. All right. Okay. So it, it's like this wacky like there's no way like the people with the brains the air minister the British air ministry was just like this doesn't happen. You guys are idiots for thinking this is like like this isn't a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, but he was on the plane and he won't on the plane. Yeah, that's that's the fucking mystery. We don't know how he got off the plane. I so think his body. I think his secretary was actually the hit woman, and she just ate his body in flight. Yeah. Well, no, because his body was fished out of the channel oh. a fortnight later, okay. all bloated. Uh, there was a monogram watch on him, and the autopsy didn't think there was, how do I say this, body-swapping foul play, but foul play in that he somehow left the aircraft with something more than unassisted manpower. You know what I mean? Like... How did he get out of the plane if it's physically impossible for a human to open, you know, the in-flight hatch? It was a gargoyle! Some people think the hatch was sabotaged and then replaced once it landed and all the crew and his entourage were in on it. All right. Which is possible if you've got, I don't know, Arnold Rothstein money to throw around. Okay, so this is fun. We, we've stumbled across a little true crime here. Which always bumps our numbers. Uh, and, you know, we don't even have to advertise the podcast. as This one's true crime. Everyone get your panties out. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Um, but a few things to take away from this. Uh, no case for Dogecoin. Uh, that just, yeah, none. That just went away. Uh, Mike. <laughs> secondly, um, I guess murder is the way of the top. I mean, you know, this kind of reminds me of the famous... Famous authoress named Agatha Misty from Pokemon. Oh, I love her. This is she terrible. Squirts. We actually tried. We actually tried listening to uh, a murder on the Orient Express on the way down a book on tape. Gabby and I. That's, that's a good one. We. It's, I started falling asleep with the wheel. I hit the rumble strip three times. <laughs> I had to turn something wow. else on. I like that one. It was good. I'm yeah, not saying it's see, bad. I'm just ready to go to sleep all the time. Well, she, she never enough. got around to writing this one, which was murder on the rich man's airplane when he pee-peed. <laughs> when, yeah, the publisher really asked her to maybe let's take the when he pee-peed out. And oh, she, man. like a smart lady, said, no, this is a book <laughs> no, of no, class no. and transparency. Yeah, so the publisher was like, all right, if you have to put it in there, we're just going to do capital P, capital P. Yeah, initials. <laughs> So, history doesn't know who fucking killed Lowenstein. It's just one of those mysteries, like, I don't know. The, the narrative is so shitty that, you know, any type of conspiracy theory semi-sticks to the wall when you throw at it. So, uh, just before we enter the endgame with tonight's subject, I want you and the people at home to know that in his later years, he was, quote-unquote, 
the most true definition of the word, an influencer. Not a, you know, look at me while I pose in my cruelty-free loincloth in front of a Banksy knockoff influencer. He actually influenced a lifestyle. He's the guy that changed organized crime. He's credited with upping the state of business and shifting the mob tactics into, like, the mafia tactics. Okay. He's, he, he's like, you know, the Charmander, and he's the Charmeleon now. So he's one of the catalysts that took crime, you know, from knuckle-dragging brutes to, like, the dapper shot callers. Right. Awesome. So, like, in the past, all these Italians in New York were eating spaghetti with their hands, and he comes along, and he's a Jewish Filthy. man. He's a Jewish man, but he's like, you guys ever try lasagna? It's, like, basically like a casserole. I'm like, oh. And you eat it with Shit. fork and knife. I think, Fuck me. I think Cody's more, like, specifically referring to the crime. Like, beforehand, the crime was, like, just, uh, just... 20 to 30 year old Smash. men taking a shoe off and beating a donkey to death. And well, now yeah, I, I, <laughs> now they're actually making money on the deal instead arson. of just making some sticking carcass arson. in the well, middle of the street. Well, we've all we've all seen gangs in New York, right? Cuz that's how it probably was. Where it was just like, I'm Bill the Butcher. I cut up pigs and you're Irish and I'm going to hit you in the head. It's fun because that mo- in that movie, Daniel Day-Lewis plays a character who you don't want to mess with and he's wearing a top hat. Now, today, <laughs> you uh, don't want to mess with anyone wearing a top hat for totally different reasons. Uh, and it's definitely not physical yeah. threat. Yeah, it'll be a five-hour conversation around Attack on Titan Episode 3. <laughs> Which, you know, that's a fun show. Uh, but also, who cares? Yeah, yeah, it is. Who cares? I don't care that much. So, we got... Our guy, Arnold, and he, he, he's one of these dapper shot callers. And he also, like, has this big belief of keeping a buffer between, you know, he who calls the shots and he who commits the crime, just so there's a little bit of, like, jettisonable layer, like, layering in there. He's like, oh, I didn't do that. That guy did it. I didn't tell him to do it. Wasn't me, officer. Smart. Yeah, it keeps your hands, quote unquote, clean. Got her. Yeah. I guess. Clean hands are so, smart hands. Arnie uh, mentored the likes. I said this earlier. Arnie mentor- me- mentored the likes of Lucky Luciano and Dutch Schultz. He both he gave them like dinner etiquette and how to dress. Even giving him, even giving those two guys like the clothes off of like not his back but his wardrobe. You know what I mean? He'd invite him into his house. Like, hey, try this shirt on. Yeah, that looks well, nice. You keep it. So I wasn't that far off. Lucky Luciano is like shoveling mozzarella sticks into his mouth with his hands, and. Our boy's like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't do that. You should be a gentleman. Here's This is an oyster. Yes. Just like my wife, my Catholic oyster wife. Yeah, if you don't know who Lucky Luciano is, he's like the guy credited for designing the mafia. But if you look at pictures at him, he looks like a guy who would actually propose at a Wendy's parking lot. Like he is, he looks <laughs> sloped in his forebrow here. Is that a term? Um, he's He's got caveman Yeah, he's, he's got a predominant brow yeah. right like he's he's one of these guys who if he was born i don't know let's say the year 1991 uh, he would be a real big insane clown posse fan uh, <laughs> oh no which so, is a gang uh, federally yeah that's a gang uh-oh. yes i actually Federal support gang. that's the one government agency i do support the fbi because they make uh, righteous claims gang like an extremist group yes uh-oh. Uh, a radical clown extremist 
Do they're nice. Take them they're nice. They're nice. Take I've met down. a few of them. I just from I mean, my cold dead fago hand. I, I never room with one. That's for oh, no. sure. Ooh, ICP roommates. That's that's a sitcom title and a half. I, okay. I don't think they can enjoy a soft cheese the way I would want my roommate to enjoy a soft cheese. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. It's 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 a it's a deal breaker for you, isn't it? That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, so running a criminal empire is uh, notably. Stressful on uh, our boy Arnie because in the 1920s he uh, seeks out and hires a psychotherapist to which he confesses and confides all the things you're hearing in this episode. That's how that's how I know his teeth are rotten. Well, that's how I know he almost stabbed his brother when he was five. That's how I know, you know, he was, you know, peddling hats and shooting dice when he was a kid. So thanks so tell- to the shrinks you- out there. You tell me that this shrink um, breached the patient-doctor confidentiality thing hardcore? That doesn't exist as soon as you're dead. Once oh. you're dead, that, 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 that agreement goes out the window. Oh, man, I got to go kill someone. Is this how we found out about <laughs> Hitler, too? Because he was sensitive. Uh, <laughs> how sensitive was Hitler? Please he wasn't. Tell I the people joke. at home. I jest. He was a monster. Come on. Uh, Total right. monster. So how about I don't you? know. How about... How Have you, you seen my me? paintings? It is a blood, wonderful daffodils. Yeah. Co- Cody, I know where you're going. How does our good friend Arnold Rothstein yes. die? A little complicated. This is going to take a second, so bear with me. September 1928, Arnie is invited to a spicy high-stakes poker game, and what kind of gambler would he be if he refused? So, Arnie, our subject, is no stranger to bad luck. It's just, you know... You got to take it in stride if you're a gambler. You win some, you lose some, and he's known this throughout his entire life. He's he's he'll he'll go out, lose half a million, and the next day he'll get like you know six hundred thousand dollars back at the pony races. It's just the tides going in and out for him. Yeah, it's just the way the milk spoils. You know, gross. Um, but however, <laughs> this poker night, he experiences accursed, horrifying, abysmal luck. Like the, 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 like getting hit in the mouth by a dick-shaped meteorite as a perfectly in-focus picture is being taken type of luck. Smart. So Arnie, starts, Arnie starts losing, and, you know, his reflex when he starts losing is, let's draw out the game. You know, keep playing. I'll, ante, I'll buy back in. I'll ante up. No, stay. Fight. Not fight. Play. Play. Keep going. Keep going. More next hand dealer. So he does that. This game goes on for 72 hours. What? Three days. Three days. Three days and nights of a poker game. Tom, and you thought baseball was boring. Yeah, whatever's going on here. I mean, one guy <laughs> thinks it's fun, but I'm sure shit going to bed. Ah, uh, he doesn't think it's fun. He's just trying to, like, wait for his, you know, for, for the table to get sloppy, drunk, and tired so he can start cashing in on it because we all know he's, you know, snorting cake. <laughs> That's what you really got to do. You just got to shove your nostril into that Twinkie. Get the good stuff out. Mm. That's why it's there. So, at the end of three days, his luck doesn't change. He's down $320,000 after 72 hours. And just the mentality juice running in his brain, Arnie is like, there's no way someone like me, Arnold fucking Rothstein, can lose three days straight at poker. Something's rigged. I refuse to pay. So for the first time in his life, this guy 
is welshing on a bet. Mm. He's like, I'm out. I'm not paying this. Something's fucky. I don't lose for three days fucking straight. Not good. It's not good. This made the table very fucking unhappy. Think about how so, far he could have gotten in the Civilization game if he was playing a better game. He probably could have got up to aircraft in that time. That, yeah, Travis? This game, Civilization, you speak of. Uh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about a, a real man's game. Okay. Not poker. Not no. bocce. Not, not, not CeeLo. Nope. I'm going to kick Sin. your ass as Gandhi, dog. So this sent shockwaves through the entire fucking criminal underworld. The Mr. Big Bank Roll does everything with, like, good faith and a handshake. Is reneging on a bet? Is reneging on wagers? This can't stand. So months later, whilst visiting, you know, a business meeting in, like, a hotel... Uh, ho- 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 what do you call it? Ho- a hotel room? And hotel room. Fuck me. I'm and hotel it. room. That's, that's what yeah, it's And saying. hotel room. Yeah, hotel. You heard it here. He was in a hotel room, and he was in the middle of a business meeting. Business concluded. Arnie thinks he's playing it safe by taking the service elevator to the ground floor. But while he's descending in the elevator, he's the only occupant in the elevator, he somehow gets shot. So, I don't know if this is, like, the elevator that has the doors or, like, the chicken wire, you know, the chicken wire type of service elevator. I I think most service elevators did have those. Um, The chicken wire. So, I think he was going down. It's like metal lattice, for lack of a better, less Neanderthal term. I I have one of those in my apartment in Portland. And you could just easily, while you're taking it up to the fifth floor, if someone was standing on a floor, they could open the door. Fucking shoot me in the penis! I don't even think they need. I don't even think they need to open the door to shoot you in the penis. I, I feel like they can just like line up the muzzle of a of a gun through like the fucking holes in the lattice. Either way, well, yeah. I, I mean, mean the there's one, lots of options. The one that I have has a lattice, and then each floor has a door you open. Okay, so, maybe it was just both lattice, maybe. and he got he got capped through the lattice, which is a great way to kill someone if you think about it. That's why if I'm ever Take, worth more than a million dollars, I'm always going to use dummy elevators or a rope. Outside, I will or stairs. I will uh, see myself. Da- I will spelunk down any building to make sure I'm not shot at. I would love to see you basted like a turkey and put in one of the dummy waiters. <laughs> I would do <laughs> and it gets that. to the bottom floor and it's full of bullets. Oh God, I got basted so in bullets. Passerby's, <laughs> passerby's found Artie on the street, mortally wounded keeping his guts in his, you know, abdomen, holding it in with his hand because he's got, he got plugged in the, in the gut. Smart. And they rush it. They, 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 these passerbys help him get to the Stuyvesant Polyclinic Hospital in New York City. Thank you. I, I, I explicitly looked that up and had to say it, but five beers happened. Of course. Yeah, Stuyvesant was a piece of shit too, but that's a story for another day. And he's, he's literally on his deathbed with his guts oozing out of him. And New York City detectives hit him up, and he's like, Arnold, who did this to you? And straight-faced Arnold replied, my mother did it. Oh, damn. Not a snitch. Not a snitch even on his fucking deathbed, which I find hilarious because of that Futurama skit. But can we? he's just not giving up his killer. Can we entertain this idea that his mother was alive and still so worked up about the whole Catholic girl thing that maybe he did snitch? I didn't <laughs> think of that. 
it was most likely a man, an Irish, an Irish gangster named McManus. But I like Tom's theory better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, hold on. One more theory. Um, who done this to you? Now that is sounds like a Boston phrase. Who done this to you? <laughs> Boston, New York, they're all cousins. Right? I don't know. They're definitely cousiny, but I feel like that question is asked constantly in Boston. Mm. Who done this? Who to done this? You? Who done this? Uh, so conspiracy theories abound due to the tight-lipped nature of organized crime. History doesn't actually know who fucking killed our subject tonight. It's probably McManus, the guy that you know didn't get paid at the poker game. But we. I know. Yeah. It's yes, Lee Travis. Harvey Oswald. Okay. Lee Harvey Oswald was not, uh, he was kind of getting born around this time, maybe a little after. Yeah, well, his seaman was born with a gun from Russia. Cool, very cool. I'm just saying, yeah, his, it's, it's probably either his, Lee Harvey Oswald or John Wilkes Booth. Yeah, his dad had a bolt-action penis. Yeah. So, November 6th, 1928. November 6th, 1928, aged 46, Arnie succumbed to his fatal gunshot wound. And there you have him, Arnold Rothstein, a.k.a. The Brain, a.k.a. The Big Bank Roll, a.k.a. The Fixer, a.k.a. The Man Uptown. A gambling fiend, a monger of rum and heroin, an alleged disappearer of evidence and human beings altogether. His greed drove him to orchestrate the 1919 World Series fix and ultimately drove him into his own grave. Rest in grease, you criminal fuckwit. He never went to jail. He never got convicted of anything. And most importantly, a, a connoisseur of milk. That's what you're going to take away from this entire yeah. thing? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. pretty You're going for about two you, fucking you, hours. You want to do good at crime? Do milk. I think we should get together for a writing session sometime later this week and work on our new pilot, The Big Bank Theory. Where we uh, get a real smart Alec, smart Alec, uh, Jewish short-haired man to uh, create crime in the 1920s, unlike anyone else, and have all these cool quips like "Who done it to you?" all the time. Yeah, and Bazanga, Zinga oh, Bingo. No. I've never watched an episode of that show, but <laughs> I got really upset. Good for you. There was a friend of mine. Terrible. There was a friend of mine who said it was very good, and there, he's no longer a friend of mine. Um, Oh, no. Yeah. Because of the show? Yeah, I just refuse to. Um, but what I won't refuse to do is acknowledge, Cody, this was a fun subject. Uh, thank yeah. you very much for researching this boy. You're welcome. Like I said, you got to hit all the things that I like. Milk, baseball. Milk. Um, Italian men eating food. Uh, goons. Uh, children with guns. These are like, like some the of the things goon? I like. Do you like the word goon? Because that, that's turning into something else nowadays. Do you know about this? No, no what, what has it ruined? Goon is one of my favorite words. Goon is another word for masturbate now. Oh, that's right. not fun. But that's, that's, it's, ver it's a little that's verbiage. That's verbiage. I like it as a yeah, noun. Yeah, it, 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 it could fall off of like the, 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 the lexicon treadmill anytime now. But like, there's you're many... saying, like, I gotta, I gotta go goon? Is that how they use yeah, it? Yeah, like, not right now. I need 20 minutes before the show, boys. I'm gooning. Oh, no. I like I like a goon who's a man that wears a flat cap. And I like he's that too. Larger yeah. than I am. That that pays a child to hold his guns behind yeah. him. Well, that's fun. I mean, look, uh, this this whole thing has been good. I mean, you kind of ruined it at the end with this knowledge of goon um, You're being welcome. ruined for me <laughs> once again. Uh, 
Sean William Scott almost ruined it, and then I wa- actually watched the movie, and it wasn't bad. Uh, Hockey Goons. Look, guys, I'm down here in Savannah. Apparently, mm-hmm. a bat just attacked my fiance. So I got to go fight a bat in Savannah right oh, now. Oh, wow. Oh, dang. Um, any final words before I do a wonderful sign out? What are you going to kill it with? What are you going to kill it with? This microphone. This microphone. This thing's very heavy. <laughs> it's a $400 microphone. <laughs> no, dude, you got to. It's. The only way to deal with bats are you're supposed to roundhouse kick them. That'd be cool. You got Dude, the legs for that, Tom. Yeah. I, I look like I have the legs for that. I'm actually really stiff in the legs. You guys should know that as my friends. I'm not, like, very flexible. I'm really an upper arms guy. Yeah, what do you call the wingspan, but for your legs. Your new goon name is Tommy Stilts. Tommy Stilts. Like that. That's fun. I was that's actually going to change my name to Charles Lemons while I lived down here. I think that's a good name to own a house. <laughs> Dude, under. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you can have a new alias once you move. Like that, that fucking shitty article is like you can be a different person after the pandemic. Like I'm, I didn't read what, that article. You say but Don I'll, Lemon? Uh, no, I'm gonna be Charles Lemons. Um, Charles <laughs> Lemons. Okay. Look, I'm Don gonna Lemons own a house here, entirely. and when you look for me, it's gonna be a speedo donning, mirror placing Charles Lemons inviting you into mm-hmm. his home. For, for succotash and white gravy. Okay, guys, this for is what happens. So listen, for, a good old, for a good old lemon party. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. You know time. it. <laughs> but you know what? I, gotta just, I just want to thank the listeners so much for hanging out. Um, wow, yeah, you, you hung in there for this one. Thank you. Yeah, this is a long one, but honestly, this is a lot of fun. Cody, thanks for the research once again. Travis, happy birthday yeah. once again. Uh, guys, <laughs> signing out from the south. Gotta say, oh well. Before I sign up from the south, Patreon.com/slash/postmortemcast. Uh, go give us reviews and all that crap. Uh, social media, yada yada yada. All roast mortem cast. Yeah. Um, and signing out from the south, Dankum Shane. Yeah, if you see Mike, let him know we're looking for him. Yeah, if you see me, I'll be goony. Oh, no. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Bye. Nighty night. Goon 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 goon. Banana phone. <laughs> Do 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 do.